This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, Lori and Julia, the show, My Talk Weather 71, Everything Entertainment. It's a nice, sunny Monday. Lori will be back with us tomorrow. And uh, a happy Thanksgiving to our Canadian friends. Today is their Thanksgiving day. Doesn't that just feel weird? Eh? Yeah, it's a beautiful Well, I'm sure that our Thanksgiving feels weird to them. I would imagine so. (laughs) So there you go. There's that. But we should be thankful every day. Oh, oh, wow, thank you. Namaste. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Well, happy, happy Monday, gang. Yeah. 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 How's everyone's weekend? Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, okay. All right, Donnie, I hear you have a movie review. You saw Judy. Yeah, went to see Judy. I uh, got in that Saturday morning 1050 show. Oh, so the best one. Oh, it's the best one. Yeah, yeah nobody's about, there. There was about 10 of us in the theater. I loved it. Uh, Renee Zellweger... Awesome. Renee Zellweger is amazing in this movie. Definitely uh, an Oscar contender. We already knew that. Right. Um, I will say that the movie around her is not as good as she is. And I hope that makes some sense. Yes, because mm-hmm. I think we've been we've heard people talk about this, Donnie, is yeah. that the guy who has kind of the lead role is weak. Uh no, no, I think uh, was it? Chris Hewitt was talking about the guy who plays Louis B. Mayer. Oh, okay. And he, well, I don't know who the heck that guy He's is. He's like, why is he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Finn Whitrock, you see miscast as her, his yeah. her last husband, Mickey mm-hmm. Dean. And then the uh, there is a contrived segment that goes on way too long. I won't say too much about it, but it involves two uh, gentlemen who are the only two outside the stage theater door after one of her shows in London and what happens after that, I thought it was completely unnecessary. They didn't right. add anything okay. to the story. Yep. All right. So, but for go see it for Renee Zellweger because she is a force. I yes, you did your homework. I did. <laughs> Donnie did his homework. I told so, you I was going to go know, see it. So I'm impressed. So Holly, what'd you do? I stayed inside. No. Yes. Okay. Next. Well, yeah. Right. <laughs> no, but I stayed. Yeah. I mean, really, it wasn't. It was like you know because we experienced it. One minute was snowing, and then it was sleeting, yeah, and then true. you get a little bit of sun, and you're like, I'm going to break up my sunglasses. This is going to be great. And then there's a huge gust of wind that like ruins your whole day. So I stayed inside. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, I did a couple things. Yes. Um, they were all with my my mom. Oh, um, lovely. They, you know, my mom had a stroke a little over two years ago. It's like two years and two weeks. Wow. And she's been part of um, her stroke led her to have a problem with speech. And so it's called aphasia when you can't speak really. Mm-hmm. And the words come out mumble jumble. Sometimes she's doing, she's doing great, but... Um, 
I was in the group with her last year that she goes to at Health East, I believe. And the group got together for a pizza party at at one of the people's homes. We had such a wonderful time. Wonderful. And it was so cool to, I mean, the people in this aphasia group have fought so hard to get their speech back, to yep. get movement back. And it's so inspiring. Sometimes, you know, my mom does not crazy. But other times, you know. <laughs> well, all mothers. Well, I know. But she said something funny. But yeah. I, because we went to that on Saturday night, and then we went to Gloria, a life at the History Theater on Sunday afternoon, which I am going to say, I saw a lot of mothers and daughters. I saw a lot of people in all different ages. And it was just, um, it's an inspiring story about what women did for us. In the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. You know, yes. what our women did when we had no rights as women. And mm-hmm. just, it's so inspiring. And my mom, on the way home, you know, I wanted, I took notes. The entire time I took notes. And this well, is the play about do, Gloria so. Steinem. It's about Gloria Steinem. I mean, she's amazing. And it was, it's such a, it's something to go to because it led to such a great conversation to, with my mom till she finally said, I'm done. I don't have any more words. <laughs> she used them all. Okay. She used them all. But she, Gloria Steinem was a hopeaholic. She never went to school till she was 12. She had a very interesting upbringing. Wow. <laughs> she did a lot of things, but boy, she just believed that we should be able to get paid as men, that we be able to be more than a secretary, that we should be able to have own, you know, if you're not a miss or a missus, Ms. Mm. You know how that whole mm. thing came Ms. out? Magazine. Uh, right. Yep, and all that. It was just such a cool story about how much women before us have done. Yes. It was really, really cool. Cool. And so my mom and I had a, a lot of conversations like, well, you know, I always think of her as this big radical feminist. Gloria Steinem. No, my mother. Your mother. But she's like, I wasn't. I just finally got a voice once and she told me this cute story about it. But it's it's very... It's uplifting, and I think a lot of people should go see it. It's through the 20th of October at the History Theater. They just do Thursday, Friday, or just Friday, Saturday, and Sunday matinee performances. Just amazing. Oh, great. Yes, very, very, very cool. So... So it was one of those opportunities where you get to learn more even about your mom and your family and her context of living through watching this play. Right, and you know... My mom was an earlier, my parents were earlier adapters of divorce, uh-huh. 1972. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is that what we're calling it? Uh, that's what I'm calling it. They were, we were very early adapters and just how, you know, just what she could and couldn't do. I mean, it was just kind of fa- know, it's like fascinating you even get to me. No, I know. Without a guy's yeah, signature. Before 1972, it was around that time when it would legislation passed. Mm-hmm. Just, oh. And having a voice, it yeah. was just, it was really something. So I just was really grateful that I got to spend that much time with my mom. And, oh, and shout out to the people who said hi to us. There were a lot of nice people there. Oh, and, um, okay, so we are giving away all week this week another uh, wonderful play, Steel Magnolias. I've never seen the play. You've no. seen the movie. We all have seen the movie. We all have seen the movie. With Dolly Parton and um, Sally Fields and Julia sure. Roberts. Um, but it started out as a play. Then it was made into a movie. But the play is going to be at the Guthrie October 26th through the 15th. And all week we're giving away, away, away a pair of tickets to the um, October 31st. 
um, performance. It's which, a Thursday. Yep, which is a great night if you don't like to go out for Halloween to go to a play. Yeah, instead a lot of, of people look for stuff to do that sitting night. Sitting in the back of the house with the blinds closed and the lights off, you could be at Steel Magnolia's. And I think <laughs> which is a much better option. No, yeah. I know. So we're gonna play. We're gonna do that in. Um, in the second hour today, we're going to give away those tickets, and we're going to play Guess the Celebrity Voice. So um, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with a story we can't get enough of. Money, but, boy, if I did, I'd buy a big house where... That's Elton John. Um, he's kind of been all over because his book comes out... Um, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yes, October 15th, along with Catch and Kill. Um, he was on the Sunday morning show. He was on with um, the Today Show. Harry Smith did a big exp- um, story on him. And he was on the third hour of the Today Show. He's been all over with his story. But it's really, um, I want to read this book. Yes. I think it's going to be filled with juice. Oh, yeah. He has been dishing, and I hope... That it's the case with Elton John's autobiography that they haven't released all the good juicy nuggets first and that there are still things to uncover when the book comes out tomorrow. Well, you know, we kind of experienced this with Demi Moore's book, but Lori read it and there's still so much more you can get from a book when you read it in context. And, you know, we get all the headlines ahead of time usually. Yeah. But I feel like um, there's a lot going on here. But here he talks about his life being a roller coaster. It seems to me there are no, at least as best we can tell, no stones unturned. My life has been a roller coaster, and the things I've done uh, are amazing. The achievements I made are, in, are incredible, but the mistakes I've made have been just as incredible, and the and the way I've behaved has been like bad. And I'll admit that. And it's I'm not proud of it, but it needs to be in the book because in the end, it's led to uh, the kind of epiphany that I suffered in, that I had in 1990 when I got sober mm. and how I started to learn to live my life in the proper way. There's so much pain in this book and I wonder if for you, pain is some sort of engine of creativity. Um, it was certainly a, an escape. Being talented and being able to express myself on a piano from a very young age and be able to play music Thank God I had that outlet because it was the touchstone of my life. You know, and it's kind of interesting because when people do some of their best work, if you think of Adele's album, you know, you think when people are in a lot of pain, they write their best music, it seems like. So that was, I thought that was a great um, thing. But he's been able, since a young child, he could hear music and just play it. Yeah. He didn't have to read music or anything. Um, Here he's talking about cocaine, which was his, his vice and his... It led to terrible things and wonderful things, he says. In the book, he speaks of insecurity and his introduction to cocaine. I saw someone doing cocaine, and I said, what does it do? He said, well, it it makes you feel free. And I thought, hmm. I was always on the outside looking in as far as, like, the school, and I was never a member of the the gang or whatever. Not the in crowd. No, not the in crowd. So I thought, I'm going to try that. You liked what he did. Well, I liked it because I I could talk. I was very un... I was very shy, so I thought, this is the drug that has opened me up. I can converse, I can be, you know, verbose, I can go... What opened him up would ultimately close him off from reality. More than a decade of self-destructive binges and abuse. He says of that time, it was the darkest thing he could have done. Mm. And so that was in the 80s. Yes, Mm -hmm. and he got sober in 1990, um, 90 or 91, but he... 
you know, he just had excess. He had so much of everything. Oh, yeah. Oh. So, and if you saw the biopic, yeah, Rocket, Rocket Man, Man yeah. which is so good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to watch that. Yeah. It's on it my to-do list. It's on demand now. You can watch it at home. Fabulous. Okay. Yeah, it's so bloody good. Um, here he is talking about, um, if you remember, Ryan White, the young American child at the time, um, became affected with AIDS. Yeah. From he was a from a blood transfusion. He was a hemophilia. Yeah. yeah. All right. So here's that story. What was the moment at which you said, "Okay, now I, I, I'm done"? I think the the um, catalyst was Ryan White's funeral and the Ryan White seeing what Ryan went through. Ryan White was a young American with hemophilia who contracted AIDS. The then little understood disease made White a pariah. Elton John befriended him and his family when he died being there in Indianapolis and coming back to the hotel complaining about the, the wallpaper, the d- decor in the room and thinking, you are the most ungrateful little bastard. You complain about everything. This boy has never complained about contracting HIV and AIDS from a blood transfusion. He's never complained. He's only encouraged people to get to You are a piece of <laughs> And that's what I felt about myself. Did he save your life? Yeah, I think he did. Mm. Well. And isn't that something? And so, you know, what happened um, as part of this, we're getting a lot of headlines out of this story because he's been on so many different shows. Yeah. But he was also defending um, Ellen DeGeneres um, for her relationship with former President George W. Bush. And he admired her for very eloquently standing up by her friendship with Bush, despite their political differences. And he Went on to say that, you know, unfortunately, I'm not going to, he said, George Bush has made a lot of mistakes. I've made a lot of mistakes. Ellen DeGeneres has made a lot of mistakes. Yes, there were bad decisions that he made, but that was made by a Democratic, those have been made by Democratic and Republican presidents for years. I admire Ellen for standing up and saying what she did. And then he went on to praise George Bush um, for launching the president's emergency plan for AIDS relief. A United States governmental initiative that since its creation in 2003 has saved over 17 million lives, provided more than 80 billion in funding for HIV AIDS treatment, prevention and research. Something everyone forgets about. So I thought, good for him. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they came after her and it was oh, so it, hateful. It's so ridiculous uh, yeah, to me. Yeah, I don't understand. We should all, you know? we all have different opinions of stuff, but yeah. it doesn't mean we aren't all human beings you know, I that drove me crazy. But here he is. Then he's going to talk about because he founded his AIDS foundation. You know, very early on. Six months later, Sir Elton tells us he was sober, but AIDS was killing his friends. Is there a part of you that says, "I, I could have been among them"? You know, when I got sober, I formed the Elton John AIDS Foundation because I could have been one of them. Of course, I could have become HIV positive. I was very lucky. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was blessed, and I always thought it was a reason that, you know, when I got sober, that I would give something back. The Elton John Foundation has raised nearly a half billion dollars in that effort. It was through charity work he met luminaries like Elizabeth Taylor and Princess Diana. You talk about her in a way that we don't even understand, that she was this really fun, gossipy... Yeah, she was the, one of the most fun people I've ever met in my life. No matter who she met, whether it was an aid um, person in hospital or it was someone at a dinner party, she was warm as could be and she was funny as could be. And when she was with just David and I, she was incredibly indiscreet, um, which I would never, that's not in the book. Um, but very, very funny. Um, and it was one of the greatest friendships of, of my life. Mm. And he still has a close bond with her son, Harry. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. He does. Because yeah. Harry and Meghan were at his place in the south of France. That's they right. live, David and Elton and their two um, boys who are six and eight years old live in Vancouver, Canada. They showed it from his beautiful home there. And um, he said that, you know, in other things, he talks about his relationship with his mom, which was always, she was great early on because she taught him hard work, ethics, yeah. but then she was just awful to him. Mm-hmm. And the dad kind of was N.A. and then left and started a whole nother family. That's yeah. Right. And you learn about that in the biopic, but the half brother from the other family kind of says, none of this is true about my dad, blah, blah, blah. That mm. came out today. Yeah. But also she just said um, he was glad that he made up with his mom at the end of her life because that's was the right thing to do. You never want to live with regrets. But he said she was so horrible to David from the very beginning of their relationship. Even um, saying on the cover of the Daily Mail, they posted it, that um, I have not spoken to Elton John since he married David, that horrible man, and blank that horrible blank, blank man, blah, blank, blank, blank. And Elton never let her meet his children because she just said... You don't know what she'd say. He, he, yeah, he said on uh, CBS Sunday morning, he said he, she would criticize the kids yeah. to their faces. Yeah. yeah. Who, what kid needs yeah, that? Your I, grandparents oof. are supposed to love you. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like, yeah, that I, in a previous interview where he'd said, yeah, I'm glad that my mom never met my kids yes. because she was jealous of David, his partner, because Elton John's mom was like, no, Reginald. I get to be the only love in your life, mm. but it doesn't really work out that way. No, no. And then he goes on. I'll just tell it instead of going back to the audio. Okay. So he found out he has prostate cancer and there's two things you can do. You can treat it or you can get rid of it. And he goes, get rid of it. I've had enough sex in my life. <laughs> bye bye. Um, See you later. Yep. So he um, got very sick from that when he almost lost his life. He, um, he picked up a virus in yes. South America. Yeah. And he got very, very sick. Very sick. And yeah. he said having those children has been the most amazing thing in their lives. This is very late in life for Elton very. John. He's to 72. Have the young kids. Right. Yeah. 
But Donnie, what were you saying about Bernie Top and his writing partner? Because oh they've been yeah, together just real, real quickly, they uh, of all the great songs that they've written, Bernie writes the uh, lyrics, Elton writes the music. Mm-hmm. They have never written a song in the same room. Right. Everything they write is separately. And he says he sees mini movies in his mind when he gets the lyrics. And they asked him, "How long did it take you to write your song, the music?" Yeah. About forty minutes. <laughs> you know, no, no, big deal. Deal. no big deal. No big deal. It's, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> cool. All right, when we come back, let's talk about cheats, shall we? This is Lori and Julia on My Talk 1071. We can go Right now, it is uh, partly cloudy and 49 at my talk. Oh, and the sun is shining. Yes, it's beautiful. It I know. It. <laughs> For now. It's beautiful. Yeah, now. Okay, so this story um, that um, James Lilix, Donnie, how do we say Lilix? James Lilix. Lilix wrote for the Star Tribune just even the headline got me going today. Um, why must all fitted bed sheets give us fits? Oh, oh don't get me. Oh. No, don't get me. Yes. <laughs> and I'm thinking of things that just, because I just did this this morning. First of all, I can't tell you how many times my friend Shannon has tried to show me, and I've watched videos on how to fold a fitted sheet, yep. the tuck under the this, and how people get them perfect. I'm like, a million times, and I really want to try to get it right, and then I just give up finally halfway through because it just never cooperates with me. I admire no. your tenacity oh, on trying for- to fold the fitted bed sheet. Because I want them to look good on the shelves. I just put it in a wad and throw it in the back of the closet. Yeah, like too. I mean, it's no. just, it's one of those. I, I've, I've given up, <laughs> oh, Julia. Just totally. I continue. All in out, give up. Because no, I, I go inside to outside, fold it. Cry. I mean, so <laughs> many tutorials because I want <laughs> to know how to do that. But, okay, hang on a second. <laughs> Who is going to see your sheets on your shelf? Well, at the cabin, you see them on the shelf. Oh, in okay. my laundry, All in right. my linen closet, you see them. I don't know. My mom, we have the thing we have a thing about folding. Oh, do you? What's about the thing? towels? <laughs> wash there we just like things to look nice in the linen closet. Like a certain yeah. way. Yes. Yeah, to look, I'd, I'd live with somebody like that. Yeah, I want them to look nice. Yeah, Iron the pillowcase. You know, yeah. I want things to look nice. Well, so anyway, this morning in my extra bedroom in the basement, I was putting a sheet on it. And it's um it was not folded professionally. <laughs> And I just couldn't tell which way was the long way because they used to have us as they'd only put the elastic on the two ends yes. on fitted sheets. Now they do it all the damn way around the damn sheet uh, to keep it tighter. Yeah, keep you right. Fine. <laughs> Fine. But Whatever. to try to figure out which is the long the way, long which way. is I've the short way. Yep. And this one, you know, then the new mattresses are a little bit bigger than old ones. So I have to lift up the mattress and put it on my knee and put my foot on the box spring <laughs> to pull it over the top of the sheet. And then I put it down. But I went uh-uh. around and around like three times. <laughs> that thing is tight on there. You can bounce a dime. <laughs> but so James writes this story about... Um, we can all thank her, or we need to thank her. Bertha Berman patented the fitted bed sheet in 1959. It's the 60th anniversary of this damn thing. Mm. Okay? But the big darn deal about it is why can't they label inside that fitted sheet somewhere that says end 
or or side or somehow top or bottom, bottom. something because usually Middle. what I'll do is I'll shake it out and just try to figure out okay so which is the shorter end but it isn't even that much shorter thing. now with no the it's not it's just like you have to understand going in making the bed that I'm probably going to have to do this three times three times and you just have to live three times with the fact that you're wasting your time sometimes doing this the little tag with the washing instructions mm-hmm. that's on the shorter end. That might be a, See, a visual all right, signal that's something, to you. Because I cut every tag out of everything. Oh, wow. But I, I, I was thinking of getting a magic marker, a Sharpie, and just putting it. But who wants dirty? It's well, magic. Then, well, then Apparently. that's the thing. You're going to have nasty sheets, so you might as well just wad it up <laughs> no. in the back of the closet. No. no. Like a good slob like I do. No. <laughs> Shove it in the back. No. No, no, no. I no, just, no, I feel no, like, no, no, Julia, if you saw furnace. my quote-unquote linen closet oh boy and i'm not like <laughs> and I'm, I'm not even good at it i'm not good at it no but isn't it, i admire people who can make the bed oh. in a tight fashion like when you slip into a tight set of sheets mine are all tight oh you Julia. lift up the mattress to yeah get under the corners till you pull it over a little harder do you make your bed every morning yes good for you absolutely <laughs> every morning Every morning, but so the, the, he goes into this story about the fitted sheet and how um, sheet manufacturers have run the numbers, and it would cost six cents per sheet to add labels. And but they say it wouldn't do anything to affect sales. So why would they ever do it? So it won't be done. Well, please hear us now. No, it won't. Consortium be done. of bed be done. sheets association. Please just add the label because it would just save us a lot of grief. It won't be done, but it's kind of, that is the one thing that I just think is kind of crazy. Yeah. But would you rather have, because I'm grateful for the sheet, the light for for the fitted sheet, because it's a pain in the butt to have a not fitted sheet and then try to tuck it underneath. That's even more of a pain in the butt. Oh, well, the invention's brilliant, but it just, I (laughs) want to go back to the sides without stuff. Donnie, do people have opinions? Uh, Yeah, I got to get to these calls. The the first caller, she has to call us back. She says there is a brand. She's not sure which brand of sheets at Kohl's. It may not be their house brand. Okay. But whatever brand this is actually has labels that say short side, long side, on the fitted sheet. But you can't remember the brand. And, And then I'm fussy about my sheets. They can't, they have to be real cotton. I mean, that fake junk, I can't stand. You can't have a blend. No. Donnie, let's put someone on. We've got, um, hello? (laughs) Hello? Well, now I'm looking for those fitted sheets. I can't talk to you and be on the phone at the same time. Well, let's get someone on. Rubbing his belly and tapping his head. Good Lord. All right, here's Katie. Katie. Hi, Katie. Hi, ladies. Hi, Uh, honey. Fieldcrest brand from Target. They have satin tabs on the inside that say side on both sides and top and bottom on both those tops and bottoms. Fieldcrest at Target. Excellente. Did you go crazy with this too? I did because I am a hospital corner. It needs to have a quarter box yeah. off of it. I don't make it every day, but when I do make the bed, it needs to be tight and snug. You go in like it's a straight jacket. Yes, Katie. <laughs> I love it. Thanks for your Thank call, you. Katie. You're welcome. Have a great day, lady. You Thanks. too. All right, Daddy. Caitlin. Caitlin. Hi. Hi, honey. Hello. What's your word on fitted sheets? So I bought the nicer brand from Target, their threshold brand. And they have a tag on the inside that says top, bottom, or side. Okay. okay. And it has the, the stretchy all the way around it, so that's how I know how to make it. It just says top, bottom, or side. That's nice. So 
two brands from Target, Fieldcrest and Threshold, have it on them. Thank you so much. Thank you. It would kind of, it's a good idea. I mean, obviously, I need to update my Ninja Turtle sheets from 1991 because the technology has changed. (laughs) It has. And if there's balls on top of the sheets, too, it's time to get rid of them. (laughs) Okay, do we want to take... Yeah, I think I got this right. Sharon Lee, is that you? That's me. That's me. Sharon Lee, hello. Good. What do you think about fitted sheets? Um, well, first of all, my sheets, my expensive cotton sheets, have a bottom on it. It says bottom. But what I do with the rest of them is I take a magic marker that, that's indelible, and I put a little spot. You do where, it. In the corner so I know which it is. Okay. Because I'm like you. I make my bed, and it has to be really flat. Yep. Okay. Got it. I, Take care of it. Okay. Thanks, Sharon. Thank you. Do you are you willing to put the little marker dot on the sheet? Do you think that it would compromise the quality of the sheet if you mark it? It would be underneath my mattress, but I do want to say something. When you asked if I make my bed every day, I do make it every day. But I don't like to get into a bed where the at the foot of the bed, the sheet's tucked in because my feet need to breathe. Ah, uh, you oh, don't. Oh, okay. you can I tuck in the sides? Yeah, yeah, I understand. And I don't have anything hanging over that looks bad or anything. And I make sure the top is in a row and the pillows are, per, you know, good. But I don't. The end. You don't tuck in the end. At my guest bed, I have a nice, okay. you know, hospital corner. But not in my, <laughs> not in my, because I just go crazy. Well, yeah, because you feel claustrophobic feet, in there. My feet have to be exposed. Can I just yeah. say how I hate bed skirts? Well, what the oh. heck point is that? Those are dumb. And do you know how hard they are to put on by yourself? Every time when I'm making the bed. Donnie, I love this. I love <laughs> Donnie's Let's feminine rage. side. Seriously. All right. And you got to lift up the mattress oh, yeah. to tuck in up. the sheet. And right away, now you're tucking in the bed skirt at the same time as you're tucking in the sheet. And it's like, ow! No, <laughs> they're bed skirts. But What's trying the to put them on a, a, you know, a queen size bed by yourself or a king, it, it's a nightmare. Yeah. I'm it's because sure it you want to wash them, you know, and try to yeah. put them on. But is that even an aesthetic anymore? Having well, it depends it what kind house. of you sheet <laughs> a bed you have. Sure, it like at my cabin where we don't have the box bed frames, which I hate because I always get a knee ding. Yeah, you know. So then you put the bed skirt. I have a bed skirt on all of them. Yeah. All right. I'm learning a lot here. No, not really. No, but I'm... I do have to say one other exciting thing. That, about and bedding? Gonna, no, no, about lighting. No, In a closet. So I had a handyman over last week, and um, my closet just did not have good lighting. Like, I would just be like, please be sunny out so I can get some additional light in here. I need a flashlight to see what I have, basically. And so he was going to put in track lighting, but he found this one light, and it's like $80, but it looks like a, a sunflower, and the arms go up and down, and it's an LED light. I don't know if anyone has seen this light. It hangs. It's, you know, from your ceiling. Mm-hmm. And then the yeah. petals can come down with lights on them. Oh, so you can adjust oh. the lighting yeah. situation. But it's so bright, you can't even look up at it. Mm-hmm. But honest mm. to Pete, it has changed my world in my oh. closet. You can now s- differentiate between the six different my black blacks. shirts that exactly. you have. Yes. <laughs> no, but it's it's really a cool light. It's like 80 bucks. I think you got it at Menards, but it's um, well worth it for people who can't see. Plus, it's LED, so it uses less le- electricity. Save the planet, baby. Yeah. One. One. <laughs> light <laughs> at a time. time. <laughs> All right. We're going to come back. We've got some music stuff. And, you know... Uh, 
what is up with all these um, exciting people talking about music? We'll be right back. Um, it's not aired yet, but on Saturday night, she did two sold out. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Album, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Performances at uh, the old Grand Opry. It celebrated 50 years of being a member of Grand, the Grand, Grand Ole Opry. What is it? Grand Ole Opry. Well, the old one. The old you Grand know, Opry the is. older one that was demolished, and then they built the Grand yes, Ole Opry did. on top of it. Well, well. She looks like a million bucks. <laughs> Playing those fingernails, girl. Oh, she looks amazing. Yep. And she, it was always her dream, and her daddy loved the Grand Ole Opry. They'd listen to it, and it was her dream of being on it. She's been performing for 60 years. When she was 13, though, she first performed at the Grand Old Opry on the show where Johnny Cash introduced her. Oh, I didn't realize she was so young when she made her debut on that show. Amazing. And so um, she's humbled. She had, you know, great guests singing with her. She did two 30-minute sets. It was wonderful. She looked like a million bucks. We've posted it on the Lori and Julia show page for you. Can't wait to get one of Dolly's wigs. I'm... I I like how she wears her hair. I like it. Watch out, Raquel Welch. <laughs> Got Raquel a competition. Welch, um, Wendy Williams. Mm-hmm. Who else does wigs? Wig! I think there's a lot more people out there that we realize who are wearing a little extensions wig situation. I'm all for it. It looks fantastic. Oh, I'm all for it, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Taylor, Swift, Taylor Swift went to Madame X performance in Brooklyn. And she loved it. There's a picture of the two of them together. Madonna goes up to like her neck. <laughs> it just looked cute how short he is. She just said, shout out to all the phenomenal dancers, singers, musicians, set designers, crew, wardrobe, glam, and M who gave it everything. Oh. So it's going to um, go to Chicago later in the week. Yeah. So she's done in Brooklyn. Yeah. Then going to Chicago. Do you have any desire to see this yes. Madame X show? You want to go? I think it would, based on everything I'm reading about it, I think it sounds cool. 
But honest, Pete, you have to really, at these days, I'm starting to think you're entertainment dollar. You have to manage it. <laughs> uh, you do? Well, yeah. I mean, we have 17 yeah. concerts a week here yeah, in the yeah, Twin yeah, Cities. I know. And yeah. it's kind of like. Pick and choose. You have to choose wisely yeah. and curate your musical taste. That or a tennis carefully. lesson. That or a new pair of shoes. I mean, you really do. That or food. Have to manage. That too. <laughs> right. Am I going to eat or am I going to go and see Oh, gosh, who knows? I know. They had on um, Good Morning America this morning. This is so off the what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, let's which go who there. Who even knows? But they had a 25-year-old super saver, and when she was 23 years old, she decided she was going to save a hundred grand by the time she was 25 years old. The most she ever made at her job was 80 grand. But she had three jobs. She, three jobs, just busted her butt, prioritized she loved to travel she loved food and she liked um clothes she quit traveling quit buying new clothes but kept up with her foodie habit she liked to eat out but and she had a side um hustle which was what i don't know she didn't tell us Mm -hmm. but i mean can you even imagine saving a hundred grand in two years well you have to have a lot of uh structural things in your favor to do that, and uh, then you also have to basically live in a hole. <laughs> well, when you're that age, well, I yeah, can't you're that age, but I mean, living in a hole being like that's just like there's a certain isolation. I feel that probably comes with that kind of saving that you just have to be willing to tough out. Also, I'd be interested to see what kind of like additional support she had in order. To she do didn't. That. She paid for school herself. Mm-hmm. I mean, she really was on her own. And it's like the Duluth girl that we talked about woman young woman we talked about a couple months ago donnie she and um her fiance were trying to get she was twenty six thousand dollars in debt from the you remember yeah but so all their activities i guess where i was going with this is is there's a lot to do in this town yeah a lot that costs money and a lot that's free but they would kayak and they would hike and they'd try to find different entertainment you know what i mean Mm -hmm. oh yeah it's just budgeting yep Deciding what's a priority for you. Do you budget? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Uh-huh. Definitely. Have to. You have to yeah, yeah. make those choices. Like, okay, am I going to blow $200 on a concert that I'm half interested in? Or can I just live without it? Buy the it? album. Can I buy the album? Can I buy the album? <laughs> also, though, I'm, you know, within reason, you have to budget. Because if you want something really bad, oh, sure. then, you know, you just got to do it. Because tomorrow is not promised. Thank you. Oh, my word. <laughs> what is it with you and this, all this philosophical ruminations today? Well, the, the topics present themselves <laughs> yeah. to these kinds of uh, little nuggets of wisdom here. But yeah. you're right. I've I mean, always lived well within my means. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Sometimes I wish I would be less. I'm not frugal, but I'm. What do you mean you're not frugal? I'm not real. Fr- oh, you're not frugal. I, well, I kind of am. I mean, I oh, could, okay. you know. But you're not a miser. Oh my God, no! <laughs> so, I hate people who aren't generous. That's my yeah. pet peeve. I'm ge- no. Yeah, well, yeah, not at it's, all, but, it's the it's called the art of life. You yeah, know, some things important, some aren't. But I'm just yeah. thinking about holy Toledo. Well, Mariah Carey. Now, does anyone here watch The Masked Singer? Uh, no. no, no, no. She is no. saying. <laughs> Because apparently one of the masked singer dresses like a flower, has a really good voice, has dressed like a Christmas tree, a butterfly. Okay. And she told Entertainment Tonight that when they asked her if she was on the show, she said, bye, girl, bye. It's Uh not a... 
So you think she's one of the masked singers, Mariah Carey? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. No, no. She's not on that show. No. 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 No way, right? No, No because well, we're deep into it, and I'm looking at the list of people. I don't think that we need to issue spoiler alerts for the masked singer, but they're all pretty C-list celebrities at best. Yeah. Which is what they should be doing. Do the masked singer. There's nothing wrong with that. Yep. Okay, Pharrell just said this afternoon that he hasn't been the same since blurred the blurred line controversy. And it was kind of interesting. So he's on the cover of GQ and he reflected about the controversies yet yeah, 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 controversy. yeah, surrounding his track Blurred Lines with Robin Thick. And the lyrics were deemed rapey in quotes and admitted he didn't understand why it became an issue that it did. Now I never even thought of that. We always just talked about how many people thought Blurred Lines was sim- similar to um, Gotta Give It Up, um, the Marvin Gaye song. Yeah. And Donnie yeah. and Lori thought it was so much, and I famously remember John Bream sitting in there with me and That's agreeing fine. with me. Okay. <laughs> no, it's not. So that was the only controversy. <laughs> well, well, but, the court found it against them. Well, <laughs> but he said he didn't get it at first because, you know, you gotta give it up, or what did they say? Got it gotta give it up or what well here are some of the lyrics from blurred lines by robin thick and i never listened to lyrics so this ought to be interesting you know he said you know and that's why i'm gonna these are the lyrics for the song and that's why i'm gonna take a good girl i know you want it i know you want it i know you want it. you know i hate these blurred lines i know you want it that's i know you want it Mm -hmm. i know you want it so he said he didn't ever get that and um he said when the song would come on, he'd see people jump up and dance and be so excited about it. And he's like, what are you talking about? Um, what's rapey about that? And then he said, it took him a while to realize that men use similar language with women, um, that he could appreciate the backlash surrounding when he realized how much that's used in songs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he said it doesn't matter that that's not my behavior or the way i think about things it just matters how it affects women and he said he got it and he just kind of said i just realized that we live in a chauvinistic culture and he hadn't realized how that was kind of went down so far into his lyrics and i thought this was pretty interesting because like again i don't barely listen to lyrics and you know think about afternoon delight being about having a quickie in the afternoon in the 70s when i'd sing it Gonna buy my baby, gonna hold her tight, gonna have an afternoon delight. Never <laughs> knew that was about sex or anything. Well, that's a what lot of pop songs. I don't think of these things. Oh, but you didn't think anything for at me, all? For me, music okay. is just, I like melodies more. Okay. It's the flow. Yeah, you're more... Words in, are mm-hmm. secondary to me because I obviously don't know any of them. <laughs> but um, but you're right because Blurred Lines, you can just be into the groove of I the was song, just like the and, song. Not, and not pay attention to it. But a lot of pop songs are like that. When you actually read the lyrics, you're like, oh, that's nasty. Oh, I can't believe that they're singing that right now and the kids are listening. But... Such is the way. It, but it is, and I just never listen to it, and I feel like I'm not alone in this one, not no. listening to lyrics, because no. it's like if you like the beat and it's fun, you like to dance, it's you know, it moves you, whatever. But he said, and then he made Happy, which everybody loved, and it made everyone so happy, he said he started to cry. Aww. So he, that's kind of some... Pharrell had some uh, deep thoughts. Deep thoughts there. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Coming up next hour, we are giving away tickets to 
Northfield Magnolia at the Guthrie. Stay with us.